All right, everybody, welcome back to Bearded Drums Live, even though it is a Monday, which is not our normal day to be doing this, but Jarrett's schedule, which we knew was going to change at some point, has finally shifted for a week, and this is just going to be, you know, no problem with that, just an early one this week, and uh, probably a little less, um, or a little more laid back, I I would say. Yeah. I know you... (laughs) Do you want to tell them or you want me to tell them? You are more than welcome to, last uh, night. to let them know about the uh, sh- the full-length shenanigans. Oh, my God. Long story short, um, Jarrett and I, after all the drum shenanigans that typically happen anyway yeah. every Sunday, um, and then the, I guess, extra shenanigans of the evening, yeah. ended up with me and Jarrett still on the porch of the bar. Till Five, Some, five something because the bartender and everybody else like literally locking the door. <laughs> I think they left the link. Brandy them bounced at like five thirty, quarter yeah. to six. Needless to say, Jarrett and I had a long night with shenanigans included. Yeah, on top of everything. Um, and then new, you know, new drums to play with, just about everything. So we had a late one, and then we realized, I guess, we had to. Knock this one out on Monday, so yeah. we're pulling double duty uh, today. Yeah, we have a really bad habit of saying, all right, we're going to leave now. Bye, everyone. And then we walk out, and then we sit on the front porch for the next hour and a half, <laughs> and then we go home. <laughs> and then we get away from everyone else, and then we do whatever, and then we go home. Yeah. And then I was telling Jared I got back and uh, was not necessarily tired at 5.30 yeah. <laughs> a.m., whatever it was. And so I ripped one kit down, put it in the corner, and took another kit out. Totally set it up. Got one of the other snares that I never play out. And then was standing there going, well, dude, why don't you just Ringo the kit? I've <laughs> never done it before. I've never cared to do it. So I went into the workshop and grabbed two, you know, little shop towels. And yeah. now I, my kit's all Ringoed up, and Jared seemed to like it. That sounds really good. <laughs> I like how you have the the red and blue. Thing okay, going. I, they can see it. I yeah. forgot. Boom. There you go. There is the '60s Keystone Ludwig Club date with my 1930s Ludwig Pioneer Chrome over brass. Um, we are gonna try to get. This is gonna be what you'll see when we can play drums finally here. You know, live on stream. We might get brave tonight and try to sound check it, but but I think it was pretty loud just coming through these mics that we're speaking through. So we may try it. I don't know. uh, Maybe if I can get you to play like super quiet and then see. I don't know. But if y'all want to see that in the chat, let us know. Is anybody here? Because it's Uh, Monday. We got three people. We got three three. people. (laughs) Well, glad y'all are with us. I know we kind of snuck up on you this week. Uh, we did try to mention it as many times as possible without forgetting yeah. last week to tell y'all Jarrett was going to be you know, off Monday today. So we are here. Yep. We, we still going to put out a video every week. Um, and, you know, as always, like we have to do, remember that you can hear the audio-only versions of the Bearded Drums live podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Simply search Bearded Drums. And, of course, as usual, we are here live for you every week. And other than last night's shenanigans, all I know is I'm starving. 
I'm by no means going to be wanting to cut this short, but once we are done, I don't know if I have to order a pizza or. Oh, goodness. I had, like I told you, I had a very lovely tuna fish sandwich I made. I made enough for two. Oh, well, I'm, that's all I'm going to be thinking about until we get finished is what I'm going to eat. Um, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> let's go ahead and get started with um, we had the send ins for the week. And I've got two, one from Mark, and if I am correct, let me get ready to uh, pull this up. The one from, where is it? There we go. The one from Mark is a single tension, and Mark actually was kind of writing in to get some help mm-hmm. with uh, dating this, or I guess I can't remember what the email said, if it was branding or dating. Um, and the pictures you're going to see, I'll go ahead and put it up. Um, these are just the Goodwill photos. Like, I don't oh. think he, at the time of writing this um, email, he had not actually received it yet. He got it. Um, oh, I wrote it. I didn't write it down. Uh, I forget what he told me. He paid some insane price on Goodwill. Like, insanely low or insanely high? No, low. I oh, think okay. either like 28 or $68 is what I remember him saying, one of those two numbers. Because I've scouted on Goodwill. Yeah. And they're all on stuff. It's very particular like, on what they will and won't ship. Yeah. Um, maybe because it has a case, but here's yeah. a, uh, this is an actual. Okay, so two calf heads. Oh, sweet. So you definitely know it's a 14 inch drum. Yeah. For sure. Um, and it is single tension. So let's go to the next one. There it is. Um, so obviously it oh, needs a little work, nifty. but that's a cool looking little. He said, um, I want to say he's, I think he said in the email that the shell's fine. He has to only do the wood hoops, like re- redo the, uh, the wrap on them. Yeah. Or I could be totally wrong and making all of that up and nothing like that was in the email. Um, and it could be messed up on the other side of the shell. But I think I want to say from the email he said that the wrap is fine. It's just the wrap parts on the or the inlay on the uh, hoops. I've never seen that style of claws on those wood hoops. Or, I have. Or, or the, the thumb screws. I have. And it's only from a guy that reproduces these now. And so there it comes with some sticks. It looks like it has the little field strap. Um, so he was going to get some help with identifying this drum. Uh, but obviously, I think here's the last photo from... Nope, wrong person. So that was that's we don't have a, like a shot of the inside. Yeah. So I guess he'll send us something when he gets the drum in. But a cool-looking little drum, and I think, like I said, it's something eight. Like either 28 or 68 bucks he paid for that on Goodwill. No way. Yeah, I think it was some some num- like insanely low number That's like that. That's awesome. I don't know if uh, if Mark is here. No, there it is. I did write down sixty two bucks. I don't know if Mark is here, but if you are, Mark in the chat, um, correct me if I'm wrong. It was sixty two dollars he paid on Goodwill for this. That's solid. So that'll be cool when he gets it. Oh yeah, that'll be a, a dope little find. And um, you know, like most of those, I think he said in the uh, email he had several single tension drums. So. That's definitely a cool find. Oh, yeah. Um, and, of course, uh, Mark, cool. uh, when you do get it in, we'll try our best to yeah. uh, help you figure out what it is. And, you know, obviously, if you can get us mainly as a photo of the inside of the shell, that's yep. usually the... Because if we can figure it out, Hugh probably has a really good idea. Yeah. Or he has one of those, like, 15,000 books he has. And, like, a shot of the strainer. But, anyway, yeah. you know, we'll get to that when he actually receives the drum. Oh, yeah. Um, as course, Of course, like, every week, we want to thank... 
Mr. Watson Nord. The one and only. The Patreon. He is the man that helped get us running. And actually, in a stroke of good luck, last night, um, Watson's really good friend, Daniel, who is a good friend of mine and is a friend of Jarrett's, um, mentioned that he was wanting to possibly get, because his buddy that roomed with him or just his best friend moved and took the drum set with him. So he wants a drum set for the house. And we're trying to actually right now before we started the podcast tonight, and I'm sure we'll be doing it afterwards, yep. trying to set up a pearl rig for his home. And uh, if we if we can get that done, make it good quality, that'll be good because then that means it'll be time for a new podcast table. And new microphone. Well, yeah, and yep. that'll give us the chance to add the microphone we with can. the arm, and that means we can have guests on. With real chairs. Yes, with real, real chairs. chairs. Not that these are imaginary chairs. They're just like fashionable Bad. living room Bad. chairs. Yeah. They're not. You they're like not a doctor's office chairs. Yeah, these aren't like no. Yeah. Not for two hours of sitting, but that'll that will give us the opportunity to do what we want to do is is get a bigger table and put it in the center of this room, and that way we can have guests on and then. We get them the mic, and then by then I'll have figured out how to run the drum overheads properly to get so we can actually go back and play. Or if somebody has a new piece of gear, we can show it off here live. We can do a lot of stuff, but I don't know if I want to. We'll see how how I feel once we get into about an hour, and I'm braver. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to blow you out with maybe the, towards the end. Like, all right, guys, and our send off is. <laughs> All right, it's bad. We'll just cut it out in post. <laughs> and, uh, of course, uh, just like we showed you last week, I'll go ahead and show you mine and Jarrett's masterpiece, our drum recording masterpiece that we like to share with people occasionally, you yeah. know, when we want to bless them. So here we are. This is Almighty Drums. <laughs> And there you go. That is mine and Jarrett's masterpiece. You oh, will yeah. never hear drumming like that. It's our magnum opus. Right here, guys, just on Bearded Drums. This is where you can get quality professional drumming like you just heard and only hear. I think we should start putting out little digital albums. That'd be cool. <laughs> Check out our five-track EP. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mouth sounds. There you go. <laughs> so, hope you enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, now, moving on or getting back to what we were doing, uh, we've got some more pictures. And we will start right here with Josh, who... Um, has been sending in for the past couple of weeks and has sent in another one. We've got a single tension 16 inch field drum that he, man, I don't remember where he said he got it. Um, let me find the right picture. There we go. So this is what it looked like before. And he said it was a Ludwig. I think he couldn't figure out the date. Yeah, it's definitely a Ludwig for sure by the the middle bits for the uh, the T rods. The eyelet. There you go. The eyelet. Um, 
And I, I have a hard time looking at the the throw off in that picture, but it from it what else it looks like. Oh, perfect. There you go. Boom. Um, oh, but Ludwig, I, it, he's Ludwig like Ludwig. Nice. Yeah. So we'll have to. I have to go look at my book and see if the um, if that matches up with their badged or you know stamp timeline. So here, oh, nice. yeah, so like there is what it looked like before. And then I go back and this was him stripping the hoops. Like somebody, I guess, painted over that. And look at how beautiful that hoop is. Like once you got all that paint or whatever that is off of there. Yeah. Like that is really nice looking. So, you know, this drum with a little bit of work turns into this drum. That looks so good. I love and I love he has the the sling for it too. That's so nice. And I think there's a picture of what that tag. There's another shot. Hawkins Music Company. Everything in music. Rockford, Illinois. That's awesome. That's cool. I love the era of, you know, like I guess that's like World War Two ish era drums or anywhere i guess from maybe the 30s to the 50s where the music store would put a badge on. a badge a sticker something yeah that is very cool i wish more stores would do that like like the old school because that because like oh where'd you get your drum from oh i have a forks badge on my blah 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 blah, blah. yeah oh that's cool that is cool i wish people did that like um uh we talk about them all the time hugh has a roll of stickers. Um, and anybody that has a drum that he has done any modifications or like restorations to, yep. um, or if he builds a drum for you, uh, he has a nice little sticker. So I miss the days. That would be cool. Because if you go back to the images, like where's the one with the badge? Like that's not even a sticker. That's a brass plate Yeah, that they screwed into the hoop. Like that's cool. Yeah. Um, that... I like you said. I think that would be cool if drum companies, not drum companies, drum stores, yeah. did that. Like, miss where you got it from. Like, nice, cool little sticker that would go inside. Like, maybe a sticker that looks like kind of the way the the Gretsch sticker looks on the yeah. inside. Maybe not like copying it, but like a sticker like that. You could put it right near the original sticker, and it'd be. I think that would be a a, a cool thing that you they would do. A little paper tag next to whatever. It's like, oh, this is a blah blah blah. Where'd you get it from? Ah, this drum came from. Cool. This is from other someplace across the entire U.S. Like a drum from California made it all the way over. To yeah. Like Staten yeah, because I don't know if you know? I don't, is if Josh is even no, I was chatting really. Um, if Josh is even here, the 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 tag said Rockford, Illinois. I'd like to know where Josh lives in reference to that. Yeah, because that'd be cool. Like, how far has his drum traveled? Yeah. Um. So very cool find, Josh, and a very nice job of. If I have it, a very nice job of restoration. Like that came out really well. Oh yeah. Um, so as always do remember that if you have anything you would like to send in to us, all you have to do is email it to bearded drums at gmail.com. You got it. Boom. Bearded drums at gmail.com. All lowercase. We will feature your stuff here on the air. And we will always have time to feature it. Oh, well, I hope so. You know, years from now, that like you said, that might if there's enough people watching by then, that would almost have to be like a once a month, yeah, yeah, viewer video or you know whatever you want to call that. 
Like I said, the Let's the Legacy episode. Yeah. <laughs> all you leg, all you Legacy members are watching right now. You will have perks in the future. We promise, because you are the members of the original crew. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, that is our two entries for the week. Um, Josh with the field snare and Mark with that little single tension. I'm very excited for you to get that single tension, Mark, um, and definitely send us some pictures. When you get it, maybe we can help you figure out when or what or, you know, as much as we can. Yeah, that was a cool, yeah. probably like a white marine pearl aged to like green looking from that photo. Maybe it's a blue, like a sky blue pearl. Probably it's just got some funk on it because it looked kind of green to me. It looked cool and it looked nice oh, yeah. and weathered. Um, so that'll be cool when it comes in and definitely let us know, uh, Mark. Um, so that is our entries for the week. Oh, and Josh talk replied, by the way. Oh, okay. So, Josh Breslow, he goes, I'm in the Milwaukee, Wisconsin area, but go to a flea market in Wilmot, Wisconsin, where many people from Illinois sell. It was 50 bucks. That's awesome. That's really cool. <laughs> That's, you know, and we are super jealous of people like Josh, mainly because of the geography in which they live. That's where all of the vintage stuff that gets like, oh, we found this drum in Grandpa's garage. Yeah. Here, give us 30 bucks for it, and it ends up being some kind of Gretsch whatever yeah. or, a, you know, a lead, you know. So y'all live in a great part of the country where a lot of that gear floats around. You just can't find that stuff There's here. There's nothing here. And if it is, it's like they want, it's either like super destroyed. Yeah. Oh, they want way too much for something that's in not the best condition. It's like, oh, well, I dated it online. It's blah, 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 blah. And they want $1,600. I'm like, yeah. well, that drum's not worth four screws to put that trainer back on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Josh, count yourself lucky in the in the part of the country in which you live because, you, like, we see photos of junk rock drums or yeah. any of these guys that go hunting on the weekends – and they'll like leave on a Saturday morning, and by the time they're done Sunday evening, uh, going out several times, they've got like a kit, four random drums, and two snares. And they got a bunch. They get all the cool like old A's too, like yeah. in abundance. Um, we get nothing like that. There is no. nothing on the local Facebook market. There is nothing in our Craigslist. You rarely ever even see a drum set at like a Goodwill or a. Uh, well, I guess you kind of lucked up with the one at Salvage World, but you know, yeah, still but that, was, that was like the was a fluke. The, yeah, that was that was the exception, not the rule. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I would love to like if you could do a show, kind of like what was it like American Pickers? Yeah, but just travel Josh's region of the country for drums. That'd be and do it for drums. That would that would be if like we were talking about last night. Uh, I we were discussing if I had won the lottery. Uh, opening up a drum store that could take the losses because I'm a millionaire, but it would be the dopest store ever because yeah. we could afford to do the things that nobody can't. I think that would be my next idea if I had won the lottery is buy us uh, like one of those Mercedes vans yeah, uh, and we just van. get, we hire uh, somebody we know Derek to do, hold the camera and we come up to the Midwest the central part of the country and going up into the East Coast and just, uh, what do you call it? American. Taken. No, but that's already a real thing. So American. Drumming. 
Yeah, or American Stickin'. Yeah, American Stickin'. <laughs> American Stickin'. That would be our show. Um, so if anybody that watches this show is a millionaire by any chance and you want to help us out with our great idea for a TV show, American Stickers. American. <laughs> <laughs> Call us. And we'll open a drum shop, too. Yeah. And it'll be the dopest drum shop you ever that you ever went into. Modern on bottom, vintage on top. And you don't necessarily get to buy something just because you want it. Nope. You have to be, what would what, you call us, the gatekeepers? Yeah, the gatekeepers. <laughs> We're gatekeeping your drums. Hey, man, so uh, I'm looking for a 1930s Black Beauty. You got any? Why? Well, you know, I see all these videos online. Get out. No, get out. <laughs> That's it. That would be our gatekeeping <laughs> procedures for the store if in this dream fantasy world we had. Uh, <laughs> you have to have a very valid reason yeah. or a very silly one, Blake. Well, you know, I just like the way the chrome over brass just looks after it's been 60 years old. <laughs> all right, cool. Yeah, you come on upstairs to the private reserve. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, well, Mike Johnson's got one. No one. Mm, no. No. We like, we like him, but no. Do it because you want to, not because Mike's got one. Oh, Neil Holloman. Dudes, literally setting up my new Earthworks DK7 tonight. Was thinking about you earlier when it got delivered, selling off the Audix mics. Ooh. Those Earthworks they're, are nice. They're so good. And they sound like that, but they're so expensive. They are. No, they are. But they are well worth it. They are worth it, but you're right, like. We're talking like A and F Drumco prices. Yeah, I saw a pair of overheads, a pair of overheads for like four grand. Yeah, I was like, that's so much, and it's just two. And I see like guys like Carter McLean and what's the other guy that is a big Earthworks? He man, too many drummers' names to remember on Facebook or on YouTube. Yeah, but I know. David Cola has Earthworks. Does he? Oh, well, there, okay. Well, there's another one. But there's another guy that really just does lessons um, online. And he got a nice kid, really good player. And he got like the full set kick, snare, toms, two overheads. He had the long hair. Yeah. He does the study of the greats. Yes. Oh, I forgot his name. That guy is awesome. That guy is awesome. You can look him up on YouTube. I forget the name of the channel, but like just type in studying the greats and then like a drummer's name. And eventually you'll hit this guy's channel. He's got long hair, nice big setup, but he uses the earthworks. They sound killer. And of course, if you've seen Carter McLean play, they sound yeah. killer for him too. Oh, Neil said his name, Austin Burcham. Uh, that's yeah, that's right. Austin Burcham. Yeah. Um, that guy has a great, like if you're looking for breakdowns of players or he he'll do like, you know, Beats and fills and stuff like that. He's a really good one to watch, and his drums sound immaculate. Yeah, and he has a really nice way of articulating his points. And he has—I mm -hmm. I watched and binge his whole video series on like how to set your mics up, um, what he uses, how he goes about using it. And, you know, and it's very simple, bare bones. Like he shows you exactly when he builds a drum mix, what he uses, and it is really cool. Because I don't know a lot about that stuff, and I hate you, <laughs> and I don't know a lot about stuff, and so the way he explains it is really, really nice and really simple. Let's see. Neil says, world-class mics, man, family heirlooms, deposited four Gs. Yep. Goes passing them down to the kids. Yeah, you're right. That's like literally like, son, 
I got these mics and now they're yours. Treat them what like you would literally not ever want to get rid of those. Yeah, those I would if I ever got to own a one for like and you're going in those. And I thought my sure was nice. Like yeah. then those earthworks come out and you're like, Oh, I don't have nice mics at all. No. <laughs> I don't have a thousand dollar match pair of overheads. Ugh. Anyway, um that's cool though, Neil. I'm 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 super excited for you on that on that front. Oh yeah, let us know whenever you get the first like video or anything going out. Even yeah. just send us just a as a as a track of just the money beat just to hear because they that's they're super clean sounding to my ears at least. I could yeah. be wrong, but I find them to be super clean and crisp, especially the overheads. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. When you get a chance, like do a little short clip and uh, just send me the video on uh, Messenger. Like keep it under a minute and. Um, I'll uh, load it up one week, and we'll we'll hear how the earthworks sound when they come in. That's that's exciting. Yeah, that's cool. And I, Neil's not always here, so maybe we're hitting better with Neil on a Monday. Yeah, than we are on a Thursday. Um, anybody else before I start plugging away again? Um, nope. He said uh, did a studio remodel recently. New vids coming, and he said we'll do. Nice. Awesome. Thanks, yeah. Neil. Awesome, man. That's that's super dope. Because, yes, we're going to start being able to do... I think that'll just be the rule, like, so that I can handle it as far as, like, all the ones that have to be loaded up. Like, just keep it under a minute, and we can start sending in videos, and it'll be photos, live shots. we got our live cam when we figure out the audio. We can yeah. do live shots, and then we can do viewer videos. It'll just be a big, like... National Enquirer of Drums over here. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to bombard you with all kinds of media. <laughs> um, so uh, we've done our viewer send-ins. Uh, oh, well, I mean, are are we doing anything this week? What's what's our projects that we're working on this week? Um, what was, are the projects you're working on this week? Um, I just got that stuff coming in I'm waiting on. I got that... 2000s Gretsch that's supposed to be here tomorrow at USA Snare Drum. That's right. Your snare drum was a day late. Very sad. And then I also have a 19-inch K-Custom special dry trash crash. Listen to that name. That's a lot Good Lord. Zildjian, let's go, guys. Let's do a (laughs) 19-inch K-Custom special dry trash crash. And they had that on at Nelson Drum Shop. On a really good deal, so I picked that up for two hundred bucks. Also got two shirts. I got a rag. Got an up. Well, I'm getting a couple of rags because I bought one of the upcycled percussion um, rattlers. Because I always think it's cool, and I've always yeah been a big fan of uh, Tommy Ego's hashtag crap on my snare drum. Yeah. (laughs) So I was I'll I'll, you know I'll get that because it's cool and try it out and see what it is because I've wanted to make something but that braiding he does for like the handle parts looks super complicated yeah and i'm not the best at doing that stuff so i got that and i got one of those Ooh. key cushion the yeah sh- yeah the shaker but it's also the drum key yeah those are those look cool um i would get stuff like that but i know in the past i've bought stuff like that and then i don't use it <laughs> well, like it I, ends up just looking cool on the shelf because i don't want to put one more thing in my bag yeah well i well, oh neil sent in a photo I like doing all I like doing all that silly stuff, and I'm wanting to get into more like percussion into my setup. So, you think I, you can I can do this live? Didn't I do it once before? You did. All right. So, um, here in a second, I'll let Jarek finish his story, 
and I will try to upload these photos that Neil just sent in. Ooh, look at that. I'm just going to do two for right now. Um, but we do have a couple of good photos. And let's see if I can actually load these up um, here live on the air. Um, but anyway, so that's all. Is that all that, you know, you ended up getting from yeah, Nelson? So, the, so one of the, I want to make sure before I, I say this, I get the, oh, sweet, cool. All right. So I was double checking with Nelson Drum Shop because I emailed them to make sure it was cool for me to, to talk about it. And they said, yeah, it's fine. Oh, yeah? And they said that, you know, tag us and cool, know, and we'll share it with everything. So uh, the guy who I dealt with was named Lamel or Lamal. I can't have, It's L-E-M-E-U-L, if I remember his name correctly. But I got one of the upcycled percussion shakers, and it had already sold. And the, up, and the website wasn't updated yet. He's like, well, we got another one. Do you want a video? I was like, no, it's probably going to sound similar. It's like, just give me that one. It's cool. And... He's like, we'll see some extra shop rags. You know, we're sorry about it. And the cool thing is, is that they were answering my emails while I was at work. And this is way after, like, normal business hours. <laughs> like, it's 9 o'clock at night, and he's replying back to my emails. I'm like, what? This is definitely unnatural for me because no one answers anything after 6 o'clock. I mean, I've, True. I've, I've never dealt with any company who's like, oh, yeah, you know, 5 o'clock, we're done. You got to have it in. If not, you know, GG. So I got that coming in, and that's supposed to come here Wednesday. Which means, oh, that's quick. Yeah. So this Sunday, we'll have my new snare drum and a new crash to play around with some other dangly bits. And Sweet. I'll have two uh, new shirts I can wear. Nice. can show their stuff off, and we'll uh, get them all tagged and... You know how they we can get all, all the words of the word spread. I guess. Oh yeah, because they've been super nice. Nelson Drum Shop has for even if I like I inquired about something. Did we ever tell them that I was blocked? Yeah, I don't know if we did or didn't. Um, uh, what what? So what was the story? What happened to them? So, like, they. I can't remember correctly. I think he said like they hired a company that like blocks bots. Yeah, on Instagram. On Instagram, it does a couple other things. Um, And so they've had it happen a couple of times where, like, people are like, I can't find your account. Am I blocked? And, you know. And I think we were sitting here one night after the podcast, and I was like, I don't remember what I said, but it was like something to the, the, the fact of, like, why doesn't Nelson have a... Instagram. Yeah, you asked me why don't they have one. I go, yeah, they do. It's like I all that cool stuff I find, I send it your way. I was like, what do you mean? It's like that they have an Instagram. It's like, and then I like guess not even realize, and I had them at one point, so it wouldn't pull up on my phone. It wouldn't pull up on my iPad, and finally we guess you know after looking up on Google, like how do you know if you're blocked? I get, I guess I got mistakenly blocked by the security software that they were using. Probably because I have the same last name. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I could be a, an imposter account or something re- yeah. related to Nelson Drum Shop. Um, so they were very cool. I was so upset. I was like, what did I do? Yeah, he was. I've never seen Steven like freak out. Like it was. I mean, I, I was like, I almost like was going through my head, like through every video I've done. Like, did I say something about Nelson Drum Shop that was either like critical or negative and i was like no 
they haven't I haven't been following them long enough to really have go back several years. Yeah. Um and I just couldn't figure it out. I was really upset. So I asked Jared, you know, just like write him a message and find out like what what did I do? Yeah, so I did and they're like like, oh yeah, happens all the time. <laughs> and it's like, you know, we had the security software and it went through and it took away bots and everything. It's like so he's like he's not the only one that's gotten lost in the mix. Yeah. And so I think not long after that you were Oh no, it yeah. was like an hour or two, like after you told him who I was. And so I was very excited to get my access back to Nelson Drum Shop because I that is a dream of mine now. It's only you know, what Nashville's eight hours away. Yeah. So eight hours away, we go up there. It's my it's my last name. I'm not saying I'm related to any of them. I'm obviously yeah. probably not, but it's my last name. I can get a T shirt. I mean, I can get one online, but it's more fun to go there. Yeah. Get a T-shirt. It's got my name on it that says drums. <laughs> That'll be cool. And they have like always a dope selection of stuff. So yeah. I know I'd walk out with a snare drum or a set something. Yeah. Um. So that that will happen. I promise. Jared and I will make it to Nashville. Because that we get because you can go up and we can hit Memphis. Yep. And then Forks, Nelson, and then Drum Paradise, Guitar Center. I forgot because their guitar center is massive. Their guitar of... center is massive. So we will hopefully be able to bring that to you one day. And I won't be live, of course, but that will be that will that will be fun. I think if, if we could even get one more person to go. Yeah. Um, that would be I think that would be a ton of fun. Oh, um, yeah. But I want to get up to Nelson. I'm glad you unblocked me, Nelson. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, just like I was saying, uh, Neil said he was remodeling his. um studio so i have some stills there is a very nice shot with the one of the most beautiful pearl drum sets oh yeah um but that's a nice setup i see you got all your soundproofing up and of course the um required persian rug for any good drum set has to have a nice persian rug underneath the standard industry standard yeah um I've got a nice Persian right here under my kit. It's you got to have one, but it's a nice setup. Look, he's got his nice studio lights, and um, I can go to the next shot. So that's a little bit wider of his whole setup. So that's a nice, that's a nice room. That's a and, very nice. That's and a look, very cool space too with the lights up top. Yeah, there. he's not done the the smart thing and going ahead and just permanently mounted everything up to the ceiling, which gets it. Look, he's got a nice camera with a slider on the side. And that, man, Neil, you've got a nice setup in there. Oh, yeah. That's um, dope. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, look, I didn't even see. He's got all the snare drums kind of yeah, lined I, I up. Also, I also, I was peeping the marching snare in the background on the previous photo. Oh, let me go back to that. Yeah. Let me see on the, on the, the first thing I saw is that marching. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. I see it on the shelf. That's a nice setup, man. Like that's gonna that's gonna be uh, some nice high quality content you'll have going on there. Oh yeah, so sweet. That is Neil Holloman, and you can search him on YouTube at Neil Holloman Drums. Boom boom boom. That's right. He hadn't uh, he hadn't done his stuff in a while, but like he said, he's preparing to get everything back up and start uh, producing content again, which will be very cool. So we will look forward to seeing. Oh yeah, that from Neil. Um, Anything before I move on to... Uh, Let's see. Neil says, got to run. We'll be in touch soon. Love what you guys are doing. Later, man. And then Zach Gulich, or Gulich, um says, I bought a Superphonic from the well last year. Also love Nelson Drum Shop. I bought my Ludwig Classic Maple kit there. It was previously owned by Ben Cesar and what's his Ooh. Brad Paisley Turing kit. 
that's the guy I was trying to tell you about. Remember whatever the other the other day we were talking about Nashville drummers. Yeah. And I said there was that guy that played Pearl. Yeah. Um Ben, that's that guy. Ben Caesar, Ben Cesar. And with that name, my aunt lives in Georgia and one of her neighbors I wanna say is like his uncle or his aunt or something. Cause he said, cause he's like, oh yeah, it's like our, our niece or our, our nephew plays in some country band. I don't know. Yeah, some country some band. Countries, I mean, they're, they're older people. It's like, yeah. some country band. He plays all over the U.S. And then uh, my mom said the country band. I was like, what? So I think that might be him. He's really good. Um, and I, I want to say he's Pearl endorser. Maybe maybe not anymore because he was mentioning it was his Ludwig kid. Yeah. Or maybe he was Ludwig and is now Pearl or is... Was Pearl, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, killer player. Like, he might just be playing, like, easier country, but that dude can play, and yeah. he's clean. I really like him. Uh, he uh, had a bunch of, like, where they were doing uh, the demos for a bunch of snares that Pearl made, whatever, two or three years ago when they came out. Like, him and some dude, Blake Shelton. Isn't that what that guy's name is, the country guy? Yeah. I think it's his drummer. Um, was with him and they were like doing demos of like the brass, the uh, the steel model, blah blah. And he is such a good, just snare drum player. Like not even on the kit, like he can tear it up. You could tell he was marching or yeah, um, some kind of higher education. But he's really good. Um, that's cool that you got a kit of his. Oh yeah, and Zach said um, said hit me up when you come to Tennessee. He lives there. He goes, Sweet. I'd love to buy you guys coffee or food or something. Yeah, man. Because he went from Ludwig to Pearl to Sakai back to Ludwig. Oh, wow. That's a that's an interesting change. Like, it's a great start. Yep. And even equally as good company, of course, Pearl. I love Pearl. Um, then to go to Sakai is interesting. Yeah, for that for the old school Yamaha yeah and then go back to Ludwig. like if you don't know that's why not saying you know zach doesn't know but if you don't know guys go after sakai because it's the like old yamaha formula shell formula yeah so apparently that's if you want the older yamaha sound that's what you're supposed to get but my my like thought process behind it is like pearl and yamaha sound so drastically different yeah that's it that's like i can see going from ludwig to pearl yeah it's not too you know distinct from each other but then you make that like hard left turn to sakai and then i kind of get going back to ludwig because i even here lately Jarrett knows i really want to i would love to try a brand new ludwig um granted i should count myself lucky because i do have this beautiful 60s that sounds great and i forget how good it sounds and then like i'll do something stupid like i did today and Ringo, Ringo, a star of the kit with all the towels on it. And then you come and go, man, it sounds really good. And I'm like, well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even for that 13, 14, you know, situation you got going on, sounds really good. Yeah, I'm happy with it. And every time I think about it, I'm like, you don't need a brand new Ludwig kit. You have a perfectly good kit yeah. right there. Granted, it's vintage and something like you said could happen to it, but. For the most part, it's like you have it right there. I don't know why you want a brand new one. Yeah. Um, Unless it's strictly because, like, I, I'd be kind of the same way. It's like if you know, I wanted 
an old round badge that was in pretty good shape. I mean, that's a that kit's in really good shape. Hugh did that. Hugh cleaned it. Like, um, it, it, it went from, oh, I don't know. I can't remember what the, how that kit traveled. I was dumb enough when I was a young person to sell that drum set to Ray Hanser. And granted, Ray is smart enough to know, like, like no. Like, he bought it, but he's like, it's just going to come back to you at some point. Like, I'm not going to let you get rid of your dad's kit. Yeah. Me being young and stupid. And then I got back, and I think I just gave it to Hugh and was like, like, make it look new again. Yeah. And he did. Like, he fixed... Um, parts of the wrap that were messed up. He then polished everything chrome and like polished the shells to make it sparkle nicely again. I'll put it back up. Um, and uh, like normally you can see there on the inlay hoops, it would normally be the matching sparkle. Yeah. But he went and got this like metallic looking stuff. And I love the way it looks even more now with that kind of metallic looking inlay because it matches the chrome. Yeah. Um. So that was all Hugh that made that kit look as nice as it does, and now that it's like super playable. Um, so that's why I'm, I feel so reserved about ever buying a brand new Ludwig kit when I have a perfectly good one right here. And plus, something I found out recently, um, it aggravates the crap out of me, is that none of their drum sets, not one, has a tom that is mounted on the bass drum. Every single drum and every line is a virgin. Like, ugh. You got to get the Atlas mount. Yeah, so and that's the thing is like, you know, I get it, but that's another hundred and fifty to mount something on a drum set that should have had a mount option already on it. Yeah, like that's aggravating, and like I, I can only imagine how much heavier that big piece of Atlas equipment. They're to, big. Yeah, like hold that tom on there. That's gonna add like what another twelve pounds. Yeah, to the yeah, bass drum. Like, <laughs> another and another like three inches yeah so you have to go up a whole size in your bag probably to make sure that you're covered so ludwig come on guys let's uh let's step our game up here and let's you uh know, if you played grit you wouldn't have that problem because they offer both virgin and drilled bass drums so i'm just letting you know i mean you're if you right just... but i'll you know and i'm not trying to start an argument here but um i have noticed that every time i hear a head-to-head comparison of a ludwig versus a gretch and it could be vintage stuff or the new, like they'll do the new stuff. I'm sorry, like I would, it's kind of weird. It's kind of how like I feel about Evans and Remo. Um, Evans has the perfect kick drum head in the EMAD. It doesn't matter if you like the EMAD 2 or the EMAD UV coated or just the regular EMAD 1. Yeah. Um, that is the perfect kick head for me. And I mean that in the sense of like general use. Like you can throw an EMAD on anything. Yeah, I mean, there's a video of Erskine playing an EMAD on an 18 for like a whole like big band game. Yeah, you can put an EMAD on everything, but that's only the kick head I think they are like perfect in. Even though UV1 is a pretty like significant bump up in the quality of drum heads. Like after they got all those new molds to do their, what do you call it, the collar? Yeah. Like, they paid a bunch of money to, and that's what level 360 is. They paid a bunch of money, got new molds to do, like, these perfect collars. Yeah. Um, and once 360 kicked in, it was like, wow. They'll fit on everything now. You don't have to seat those drums. They're just, they're dead flat on the shell. Um, and then you get to the point, like, after 360, 
UV one was like a significant because like we've put those UV ones on a couple of different snares and that stuff just does not come off. Like mm. you really have to work that snare drum to start digging away at that coating. We, I think, um, was it the, I think it's the Sensitone when I got back from Cedric and I remember I put a UV one on it when I got it and played it for a little while. And then he had it for like a year. Granted, he wasn't playing it all the time, and I got it back. And like four months after that, it finally started showing wear. Like that is a great hit. Yeah. But other than UV one, like e- Evans for me is like the EMAT is like the best thing they've ever done. It sounds perfect on whatever you want to use it on. But everything else is like Remo for me, an ambassador, an emperor. I don't really use diplomats. I know you like diplomats. Oh, I love a dip. But a good, a good dip over. Yeah, but. I prefer now um, the Remo snares and toms, and I want an Evans kick. So I can never really, because I will admit, Remo for me does not have as good of kick heads. They just don't sound as good. I don't know why. I know you like them. You like. I, I think like for your style of playing, at least, I know that you always go for that super modern, yeah. just pop punch. Yeah, and. With in my experience, the Remo heads with that, you got to do a little, a little bit of work to them because they have the external muffling thing, which is to kind of like mock the EMAD. Yeah. Um, and then they have what's that other head? They have like the Power Stroke line is the most confusing because you have Power Stroke three, which is what I like because mm-hmm. it's like it's like a lighter version of an EMAD. Yeah. You get more the, like the thwackiness. Mm-hmm. And as much as I love open like drum sounds i don't like coded bass drum heads they just play weird i have to have a, a clear bass drum head yeah i like the uh the coating on the uv one was easy to play with on a kick because that uv coating is real soft it's not sandpapery um but i can see like the feel of a felt beater against a ambassador on the batter side that would feel weird like like after a while you kind of you wear that spot down yeah but I've always just liked the um, a, a clear head. Um, I'm with you for for a bass drum anyway, because you have the P3, you have the P4, then you have the controlled sound. Yeah, which is on different lines because you have a pin strap, and you have a, a controlled sound pin, and a controlled sound P3, and then they're also on the P4s, and then there's the uh, gosh, what's the other one called? It's like a souped up power i think it's uh power sonic i think is the other yeah and that's like the super heavy duty like mm-hmm. like you're going on tour <laughs> or, or you're or you need like that that perfect kick drum some sound every single time mm-hmm. it's like with like just minimal shenanigans you use that um but i i sorry but i'm uh i just like like the, like the Remo heads because I like that thwacky sound. You like the more modern things. Just on the so, kick. Yeah, it's, that's... And I've seen videos of the new stuff that they've come out with. It's kind of that thing, I guess, that you can buy that you can put on any head. The yeah. sub ring or whatever. Yeah. Thought about trying that. So uh, we get this drum kit out of here in uh, a little cash influx and I'll, uh, I want to try, try it because um, I do need to get some new heads. I want to get the... Um, a new one for the uh, for the Ludwig, and that might be what I try. 
I don't know. I might be super brave to <laughs> not just throw an email on there like I always do, which is so easy. Yeah, because uh, my go-to is P3s, clears. What's what's y'all's guys like go to like what's your what's your go to base uh base drum batter head and then what's your go to snare head? Yeah, that's a interesting because I I I think it's a little more predictable with the snare heads, but yeah, let us know uh you know if you're gonna grab something quickly and you need a bass drum head, what do you grab? And the same thing for the snare that would be cool to uh because I know I'm I'm definitely an ambassador guy for snares. You can throw it on any snare for me. Um, and, I, and a lot of, uh, you you are too, but I noticed in a lot of cases you like two ply. I like, I like to change it up and, and have something different, like um, like that Mapex Brassmaster has that super two on it. I just needed something to put on that drum because yeah. I brought it to a gig and that guy that played for um, I forgot what that butt rock band was called. Uh, <laughs> but they were really good. Um, their drummer Cyrus was awesome. Had a cool that eucalyptus finish on that. On that Burl, Pearl Vision. Oh um, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Cool, like he had he had that kit. That's cool. And it sounded so good. Um, but he beat because his his snare wires popped uh, mid tune. Mm-hmm. So I ran to my truck, grabbed my snare, and brought it back to him. So during the soft part of the song, he ripped his snare drum off and put mine on. And he they closed us out for the show. But it like mashed potatoes whenever he got done. My whole that, that <laughs> ambassador was done because he used um like five B nylon tip because they play like yeah. really aggressive. And he's a big dude like I am. He's like, I mean, he's got two chinas. I mean, he's a killer player when it comes to playing like yeah. hard rock. But my little snare drum could not handle his tree trunks that he played with. Sucks when that happens. Yeah. Um, I had the same thing happen. Would have been like the Halloween before 2020. Like so, 2019, October 2019, we played in Baton Rouge, and there was uh, we were the the mid band. Yeah, like they had one early in the day, and they had us like five to seven or something like that. And then the little headliner band, which was a local like 80s tribute band, oh, like cool. they dressed up like you know the characters, but from Baton Rouge. And I can't remember their name, but the dude that played drums for them was super nice. But I noticed this, like, because I played before him. The first band of the day, he used his own kit. And then by the midday, the headliner band had gotten there and he just set it up. And they're like, yeah, all you want, all you have to do is, if you know, just throw your cymbals up. If you want to switch out the pedal, switch out the snare, you know, and just use yeah. his kit. It's already mic'd. And I was like, okay. So I get up there, I sit down, and it's kind of like... Like you might expect with an 80s drum set, like the the big toms were kind of cocked. Like not all the way, but, you know, really towards me. And like crash, crash, ride, hats. And he had just put fresh heads on the whole kit. Tom, floor tom, kick. And, of course, I'm going to pull his snare. And then I glance up, and I should have known when this happened how bad it was going to be his crash like from him just like riding the crash had a dent and it was like a aax crash or like maybe like i don't think it was a zildjian but it was a good brand it was either like peisty or sabian and he just had like a pop crash and it had like and it didn't crack it wasn't broken but it had a dent (laughs) 
<laughs> from this dude that I had for however long been riding that crash. And so I pull his symbols down. I put my snare up. I put my symbols up. I put my pedal up. And we do our thing. And it sounds it sounds like a big old fat 80s kit. Bloosh to bloosh to bloosh to bloosh to bloosh. You know, big thumping kick. We play our, our show and it's fine. And then we clear off the stage. And by now it's getting dark. And here comes the headliner. And the, the crowd's kind of really built up to come watch them play. Because they were like a really good 80s tribute band. Big, yeah. big numbers. And they wore the costumes. And so we hung around. And I think they only played for like an hour. Um, and then I walked behind the stage, maybe to grab something, but I was kind of stood behind him for a minute because he was up on the you know the stage and I'm yeah. down on the street. And uh, maybe like two-thirds, halfway through their set, he had already massacred the heads on that kid. Like, all I can think is, and that's why he had brand new heads, and then the dent in the crash should have given it away. Like, I bet you he's one of those guys that has to buy brand new heads, like, every two, maybe three gigs. Because he had just murdered them. Goodness. Yeah, it was horrible. And I was like, granted, I feel lucky that it's not my kit there. Because I tried to be respectful. Yeah. Just play. You know, I'm hitting how I'm hitting, but I'm, you know, being respectful. Especially since he had just put heads on there. And then I saw what he did to it. And I was like, oh, wow. Dents in the crash from riding them. Just murdering all the heads. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, it sucks when you have to deal with somebody else that's either he- more heavy-handed than you are. Yeah. Or you get to see how heavy-handed it can be when they, like, even the way they treat their own stuff. Yeah. Um Maybe it's just wrong head choice, but it's like sometimes it's like, man, I don't have that kind of money. Yeah, that's why uh, the cool thing about Cyrus was like, oh, that his snare drum when I brought it off, he rocks one of those Evan hybrids heads. Yeah, he puts something. He's like, I'm covered, man. He's like, I hit really hard. He's like, my tom had to change every once in a while. He's like, but he's like, the snare, I got tired of changing it, so I got one of these. I was like, that makes perfect sense. Never have to change that head. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I think he says he's busted one when they went on tour. Yeah, he goes, but that was, I think he said. Eight months of just abuse, out, just abuse in and out, hot and cold, just roughing it. I think he said it. I think, and then by busting it, in for guys who don't have Kevlar heads, when you bust a Kevlar head, one of generally two things happens. You'll see where the Kevlar comes across, like the it'll be like lined up like this, right? And then one of your seams will like bust, and so it'll like it'll turn in ever so slightly. And it sounds all right, but you'll notice that the more you put tension on it, that seam will start to creep in, and then it gets all frayed, and then you're gonna you're gonna actually bust your drum then. Um, or, but the other thing that happens is where the seam of the Kevlar is, it just rips all the way through, and it's like if you have it under like high from tension, side to side, yeah, it just it just it'll snap so quick, and then it's you're done. Um, it'll still be playable because it's still the Kevlar still holds a lot of tension, but you'll be playing. I mean, boom, got, got, gong, gong. You get, you get a weird tone that comes out of it. Because I remember I end up busting a marching head during a, a halftime show once, playing, We're just doing ping shots, you know. And then it went from being real high to real low because all that tension yeah. just goes away. Yeah. And it's at a little small boom, little. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, a small little thing. And I was like, all right, well, this is going to sound really bad for the next three minutes. Wow. While we finish out the closer, you know, we get off and. Our 
percussion instructor who was a jerk. He's like, what was that? I'm like, the head's busted, man. Yeah. And I put it back on and I walk <laughs> off. And he's like, and he comes and apologizes. He's like, I thought you were playing bad. I'm like, no, the head's busted, you dingus. We're, we're, we're literally three months in a marching season. Yeah. Like, I know the music. I didn't forget it all of a sudden. Yeah, I didn't walk on the field and go, oh, I don't know what to do with the last part of the Lion King. Yeah, I know what it is. Like, how dare you? We're at the end of the season. We're tired. I know the I know the charts forwards and backwards. Like I even know the tenor part. I don't even know how to even play tenors. Yeah, I can sing it out to you. I've heard it so many times. Oh, it's funny. But yeah, he is. He's probably that's a smart choice for him to use that hybrid because you probably rarely once a season have to deal with a head break. I couldn't use it because I I don't you know don't smack that hard number one and don't tune that tight. Yeah, that thing was was tight for Micah. Yeah, <laughs> countertop sound is basically what you're going to get out of that. The best. Um. So, but, uh, you know, still, it's always weird having to deal with another drummer that may, may not play the way you want them to play on your gear or may not be able to, or may treat their gear better than they do. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Zalo's for kids says stimulus is a gear selling bonanza. Artist hold a snare and a pedal. We're about to get to that yeah. in a moment. And then stick around. We're going to be talking about that. Then Zach Gouliot says, "I'd love to stick around, but I've got rehearsal to go to. I'm glad I got to talk to you guys a little bit. See you next week, hopefully. Yes, you will see us next week and have a good rehearsal. Enjoy, Zach. Yes, my friend. Um, uh, nothing but drums says, "Have you guys tried the Remo Smooth Emperors? Very durable and great sounding heads myself. I've had them on my kit for about two years, and they don't show anywhere. I've never tried a smooth emperor. I have. Used... I love emperors. Don't get me wrong. I, I actually that's what I put on my toms, but I've never tried a smooth. I've played the suede's, but I've never played a smooth, and I don't know if though how close those are. Together. Yeah, be interested. I'd be interested to try it. <laughs> Maybe I'll order some if we can get this kid out of here. Yeah. Um, and then Zach, before he left, says, also go to bass heads of P3 Black Dot and snares either controlled sound or ambassador. I mean, that's... I'm about to start trying the, the controlled sounds out. That's on my to-do list to get eventually. Is you know what I bet a control... What's on um, What's on the gold Ludwig marching snare? Uh, a coated pinstripe. I bet you a control sound would sound good on that. Yeah. That's what I, when I envision of what those have sounded good on, on drums that I've had on the past. Um, deeper drums, typically. Like, I think I've put it on some thin snares before, and that dot... Just chokes it out. Yeah, or it just sounds weird because there's, you know, there's only this much room between the heads talking to each other. But then I had, like, uh, the Steve Jordan snare. Yeah. And then I also had some other 13. I can't remember what. It was, like, a 13 by 7. Anything with depth, they sounded really good on. Granted, I think both of them were 13s that I tried it on, but I remember that the you know for the deeper drums, the the controlled sounds did really well. Maybe not so much for the thin ones. Yeah, because I plan on getting one for sure for the swindle drum he did for me and trying it out on that. And I was going to get a, another one as a backup for uh, that Legend Brass. Yeah, just because it still has it has that coated. P3 pinstripe that was on it originally yeah. from you. It doesn't sound bad, but it just sounds kind of thin um, when it's mic'd. Yeah. And then I got to get new I gotta get new hoops. They just Those hoops just eat through sticks. 
and it makes that I love the way that drum sounds, but it it chews through sticks. I think that drum would sound even better with uh, diecast. That's what I want to put on his die. And if they want to do diecast, I want to do no flange hoops with the clips that just come straight down. Yeah. So it's just it's just as open as it can be for brass, and it's just going to be true. And then I would combat the openness from that with the controlled sound. So yeah. I get like that kind of middle ground. That sounds like a nice uh, a nice mixture. That, that that's like my like thoughts, but when I have a uh, my head choices, yeah. But I know you have this go to that you use on everything, and for snares, it's just whatever brand. It doesn't really matter to me. It's just a one ply coated. I've never really, I've always been able to get the sound I wanted out of a one ply coated. Granted, that's the sound I like. I don't do super fat, squishy snare drums, and I, I really don't. Everything always ends up being medium tension or higher. A lot of them end up being medium high, but. Some of them are medium. A couple of them are like that new one, that little two and three quarter by 14 is tight. Yeah. Um, which we got to play that last night. I wish I had the picture still loaded up of the little two and three quarter I built. Um, and it's going to it's gonna come out good. Granted, I don't have any more room to tighten yeah. <laughs> that little tiny little shell. Um, so it's gonna that's going to be as tight as it can get. If I needed to go any tighter, you know, the rest is going to be fixed with. But it was thwacking last night. I had a nice yeah. little crack when I was playing rim shots on it. Sorry. Yeah. Um, it's no. not a, it's not a really good. Um, that drum is to be beat. <laughs> I liked it a lot. It was birthed into the world. <laughs> Sealed with poly, <laughs> and now it's going to be pushed out and just like yeah, you're going to get you're going to get abused. Sorry, <laughs> but it did its job and it did it well. Um, so, anything else before I? Uh, Charlie Smith goes control sounds usually favor metal snares for me though I'm mainly an Evans player and for me the UV one heads just do everything. Tom snares bass drums all sound lovely. They really are like the UV one line is killer. Cause I put them I'll, on that midtown whenever I got it. Yeah, you and I still have those heads. I took them off because I know I'll use them one day. But the UV one coateds are awesome. I had the UV EMAD, which I put on well, some twenty two. I had. So I got that from you. Oh, you do. You have that. Yeah. Okay. Well, then that's a killer head. Um, and I've not got to check check out the UV twos. I would like to check out the UV twos because I've always liked just about everything Evans puts out. I, even though I've been favoring Remo here lately. Um. That UV one line is killer. Um, so, anyway, moving on um, to our like suggestions for the week for all of you to check out stuff or videos we have seen. Um, I'm going to go first. Number one, Jared knows about this, and something I have been really enjoying here lately is a podcast called The Drum History podcast love the love it love it and i believe if i'm not incorrect that i have a photo where is it just so i can uh there we go let you know what what you what you should be looking for that is their thumbnail drum history podcast i listen to them on spotify but i'm sure it's probably on apple Podcasts, and it may well be here on youtube as well um, but just search them. He has awesome, awesome content. And he gets like the coolest interviews. He will interview one of the Zildjans. He, I was listening to talk, uh, talking to one of the, um, one of the Bob Zildjian's kids about Sabian today. I've heard him interview the Turkish guy from Istanbul symbols. And I've, I mean like every like really, really good 
name that you would want somebody to interview and talk about, like the history of vintage drums or how cymbals became a thing? Because they recently did the Bosphorus uh, one for them. They were on recently. Um, I didn't get a chance to listen to it yet, but Mike Malone, because, um, you know, he's a big Bosphorus guy. Yeah. Uh, he was he posted that thing on uh, his Instagram. The ones I've listened to recently was the Cocktail Kit. Yeah. Um, there's a guy named Pete. I can't remember his last name. He's the drummer. He's the teacher for uh, a bunch of guys that are like that made it. Uh, his I think his most famous student that I rec- I remember is what's his name? The guy that played for Santana at Woodstock. Oh, the yeah. Youngest drum- the youngest musician at Woodstock. That uh, was that was his student. That was a yeah. really, that was a really cool story that he told. He's like, you know, I forgot. I can't remember the guy's name. I'm probably get flamed for it for not knowing. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, I'm not a big Jimmy uh, Jimmy fan, but he's like, yeah, it's like I'm doing. Uh, no, not Jimmy Carl Santana. I'm an idiot. Because that's that's a whole different guy. I get those two confused all the time, which is also really embarrassing. So Carl Santana's drummer, I can't remember his name. I thought that's what you said. I just said Jimi Hendrix. I don't know why. Oh. I'm I'm losing it. I'm sorry. <laughs> they're both the same. They're same to me because I barely listen to to either of them. Yeah, yeah. But so is he's talking about you know it's like has this student. He's going and it's like yeah I'm playing with this guy named Carlos. He's like you know we're about to go to the studio and do a record. He's like oh cool. And it's like so you know he goes to the studio and give him all these like you know tips and tricks. He's like you know to be ready for it. And so he goes and he's like yeah we did it. And cut the record. He's like awesome. He's like well have fun playing your gigs too. Like, all right, cool, man, thanks. You know, so he's teaching his other kids, and that guy's going off. He's like, hey, man, he's like, our record's in front of the store. It's like, like months later. He's like, <laughs> he's like, you should come check it out. He's like, I'll come check it out for sure. So I'll go to the record store, and I buy their record. And I was in tune. It's like, he, he did a really good job. He goes, three months later, he goes platinum. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> he's like, Carlos blew up, and he's like, my student was playing with them. Yeah, top, like, of the, top of the game. Yeah, he's like, and that's just, to me, I thought it was like the coolest thing. It's like. He has, because he's an older guy at this point. He's like, I don't know who Carlos Santana is. He's yeah. Just, I'm just an old drum teacher. Probably, I think it's like, is he in his 30s or so or mm-hmm. 40s? He's doing this. And, and he's like, yeah, my student plays for Carlos Santana. Like, yeah. That's one of his, like, accom- like, one of his few accomplished, like, majorly accomplished students. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's neat. That- yeah, it's it's cool. And he always gets cool. He always has cool people to talk to that have, like, really good stories like yeah. that. Um, so, again... That is my suggestion for the week is search out and go listen to one of the many, many episodes of the Drum History Podcast. Uh, like I said, I'd listen to it on Spotify, but I'm sure it's probably on Apple and probably here on YouTube. Yeah, I will, I'll listen to it, mine, uh, his on through Spotify. Yeah. Um, he also has an Instagram channel or Instagram yeah. account or whatever. Um, and on that, he posts a lot of really cool old drum videos from like tons of guys like like one day he'll have the guy that played for Beefheart and then the next day he's got that I cannot remember what the the track is called but it's that um it's that super when all the you know the the jazz musicians go to the club for the jam I forgot what that tune is called um but it's in black and white yeah and he's got the talk about the drummer because they're all smoking cigarettes because it's yeah. Videoed in the forest. They're all just like they're all just in their mouth playing. Smoking. Smoking. And then it's and they're all and they're all just killing it. Yeah. You know, as in the words of Hugh, it's scary. Yeah. yeah. You know. And he'll have that and then he'll have 
another guy from like later on. He holds dudes from like cool like Roy Haynes, yeah, Buttes and stuff like that. Well, that's cool that he changes it up on Instagram as opposed to what he does the regular podcast on, like just little more like drummer clips as opposed to like interviewing literally anybody you could think of yeah. that you wanted to be interviewed. So go check that out. Um, I highly recommend it, and there's a ton of stuff there. Um, the channel that, or the videos rather, that I've been watching this week. Um, I was mentioning to Jarrett that I wanted to go back and learn like note for note, uh, funky drummer yeah. by James Brown played by the great Clyde Stubblefield. The one and only one of the greatest drum beats ever. And what the most the used most or yeah, yeah, the most used drum sample yeah, like in most, history. Yep. Um, so many hip hop albums and you know, not just hip hop albums, but so many albums have used what it's like a, eight bars of that yep. that you get and they just you know that is such a cool beat so i'm going to go back and learn that and of course i go on youtube so i can look at a couple of videos to get the actual sticking of what's going yeah. on and i come across this channel called soul vision and the guy's name is jj fluke and his whole channel is like basically breakdowns of like the top five james brown drum beats um, he did 11 of the most popular drum breaks, yep. played all of them. Like he'll let you hear it for a second and then he'll play to it. And then he did a specifically a video, I think on the funky drummer or it was in the top five, James Brown. He's got a really cool channel and he loves like, he loves funky stuff, which of course for me is like, it's a playground. Yeah. So, and he likes to break down all that stuff. So it's a really good channel and he has really good content and he seems to be, super knowledgeable about the topic and obviously like when he tries to give you the sticking like he's dead on um and the channel's name is soul vision the guy's name is jj fluke it's like f-l-u-e-c-k go check that channel out um if you're into the funky stuff or if you ever wanted to learn like a funky beat if you're not necessarily like a funky drummer that would be a great place to start so i've been checking out his videos all week and that is definitely going to be my uh my suggestion for something to check out here on YouTube this week. But what do you have? I haven't been searching a whole lot of stuff. I did stumble upon um, the Orlando drummer has his podcast he's been doing recently because he's kind of changed uh, his whole setup and everything on how he does his channel now. Um, so I've been listening to it, and he has some cool topics he's talked about that we've you know, mentioned. So he has some cool thoughts on certain things, but I'll leave that up for y'all to check out if y'all do so. I haven't done it already. Because I know he's one of the more popular guys on, on YouTube. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, and then I did uh, watch Mike Johnson's video, Five Fills, that changed the way I played or whatever. Yeah. And that one was really cool because... He gives, you know, props to the almighty Pat Boone, Debbie Boone. And yep. how you can, you know, morph it. But then he's playing around with some, like, other linear stuff. He's like, I'm not a big linear guy. Yeah. He's like, so here's here's two-letter linear for all you guys that are out there. Then this other one is more like what he normally plays. And so I really enjoyed that. Um, but mostly I've just been. Well, that's two good videos. Yeah. Um, I haven't had the time lately to hear to really be watching a lot of stuff with all the projects we've been doing, building drums and all this stuff and building kits. Um, but I finally got to sit down and um, those were some some good ones that I just noticed this week. So, yeah, go check out Mike Johnson's most recent upload. And um, what was the other one you said? 
Uh, it's Orlando Drummer. What's his name? Adam. Yeah. I can't pronounce yeah, his name. Yeah, and Orlando Drummer. He's got a new podcast for his channel. And check out the Drum History podcast for sure. And also go check out Soul Vision Drum Channel on YouTube. J.J. Fluke. Um, really enjoyed his stuff. So that'll give you some stuff to look at this week if you don't have a bunch of videos that you're already hunting down. Yeah, in the backlog. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, before we start into the main topic, has anybody yelled at us in the chat? Um, Mike Malone, my boys, said late to the party, but I'm here temporarily. Been digging through the Orlando Drummer podcast. Nice format and flow. Yes. Um, he's a killer, killer player with a good channel, so I would expect that whatever he puts out is going to be high quality. Um, good, good to see Mike's here. I know it's a little different because we're going early in the week and yeah. doing it on Monday, but if you don't get to see this live... You have the rest of the week to come check this out. Obviously, if you're hearing me say that, then yeah. you're watching it right now in the future. Um, so everything else is cleared out, and we can go ahead and get into today's really just a, like a light topic because we're just kind of hanging out today. We're not really trying to push a specific topic. Um, but one thing I did think about, um, because right now Jared is preparing a bunch of gear. Yeah. To get get rid of um, and taking photos and yeah, you know, just clear the clear the gear out and then get more gear. Yeah, just to get more. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna get rid of this and I'm gonna go get that. So Jared's got a bunch of stuff he's prepping for. I guess like well, you've already done like a Facebook Marketplace sell. Yeah, just I'm I'm trying to get local guys first if I can, but I know. Yeah. You know how it is around here. Well, you might get lucky. Um, I would imagine if you do get lucky, a lot of it's gonna be mobile. Yeah, like the guy from Pensacola got yeah. all those symbols. You know that was super thankful for him uh honestly but because like i'm torn between like trying to get all the packing stuff up because i have a lot of kids i'm trying to get rid of we packing up those and then trying to deal with the shipping or well just... let me help you out my friend let me let me make your life a lot easier everybody go to mike malone's channel on youtube but just simply search mike malone drums he did an awesome video on how to pack up a drum set for shipping into one box and it was super helpful um i have never really had to ship uh, a drum set before the only time i did was when i worked at magnolia music so we had drum boxes there yeah um the biggest stuff i've done is snares um so i'm good at packing and i always try to do a good job when i send stuff on ebay but i'm it was it was nice to have like mike's video where somebody's literally visually showing me oh this is where you're putting the dividers this is how you're you know so go to Mike's channel and check out his video about, I think it's just called How to Pack Up a Drum into One Box, um, Mike Malone Drums on YouTube. That was a super helpful video. So I know you know how to pack up stuff, but you, you've you already seen that video, and that will probably help you a lot. Because yeah, I watched his, and then I watched um, Sound Pure or whatever that other... It's our, they're a distributor... Um slash retail thing they got going on um but they also sell like boxes oh that was the okay yeah they had the pre-set up boxes for chipping drums yeah because like um you go through and you just you have a big chart and it shows you like what size you have and then you go boom and then they tell you the the product number you need and then you just select that one from their website mm -hmm. and then they're all within like a couple of dollars of each other like yeah like the lowest starts at like i want to say um it's like 25 and it's like a really small kit and then it gets up to like 55 for like your your large 
like multiple piece kits because yeah. you want everything to be separated and, and nice and cozy. Yeah. With no like minimal shaking. Yeah. Um, um, well, that that's a, a, a definitely a useful option because um, you're going to be moving a lot of gear. Jarrett's got a bunch of kits and a bunch of snares and symbols that are going to be going. I'm in the middle of continuing to liquidate my holdings here. Like anything that does not get played constantly, I put two pearl snare drums up. I've gotten rid of, I don't even know now, six Sabian symbols. Yeah. With one waiting on payment and two more actively online on eBay. I've had good luck. Um, and then, like I said, Mike Malone, I happened to just see his video in my feed today about how to pack up a drum set. So it, it, it kind of got me thinking about just lightly talking about like selling in general, selling on eBay, selling right now. Yeah. Um, and how to do that properly in case nobody's ever really had to deal with eBay or reverb or anything where you might have to ship something. Um, because we didn't really know what we were going to talk about today because it's kind of a light day with us going early. But I figured that was a good light topic. And you guys feel free to weigh in on what you do or what you didn't know to do, you know, anything like that regarding it. Um, but I think the best place to start, uh, if you're going to talk about this, is the fact that right now, and I do mean, I'm, I'm always on him because he wants to move some gear. Right now is the time. Like, stimulus aside... All of that aside, the Jarrett and I talk about it all the time. The vintage market, just like it does, it ebbs and flows. It goes up and down. Yeah, has ex it will it maybe not has is exploding again right now on the fifties a's. That market is exploding right now, and if you have vintage stuff, this is a really good time to get it rid of it. But I think just in general, this time right now, especially once you add the stimulus in. Yeah. where people are like literally right now spending money. Like there are drummers out there that, you know, might have put some in savings and they have $400 of that 1400 that they want to go get some gear with. This is the time. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I've been harping on you about it. Um, but, I mean, I know I've talked to you about it that, you know, I think you would agree that the the vintage market, and I guess really the market in general for online sales is blowing up. Yeah, because it's like Acrylites now go for like $300. Yeah. And they don't even have to be in the best of shape, which is crazy, because like I got that black red light at that, that yeah, at uh, the thrift store for what? Yeah, that's what I that's what I ended up having. It was Noonan, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. With a hard case, with that big clunky, you know, clunky, horrible Ludwig case, but it was a hard case with a with a with a um, black sparkle or black red light. Yeah, um, and then like you said, then you go to eBay. And they, and those snare drums now alone go for like two twenty five, you know, on like the not so nice condition side, and like three hundred on like a good end, and then you get into like all the st stupid specific badges for Ludwig, and then like anything that's Keystone of that and good oh, shell yeah. conditions, that's like three fifty on the low end, and then you go to Lock and Olive, and it gets a little bit cheaper, but not like we're talking like ten dollars. Yeah, it's like if it, if it's in a really good condition, and then now guys are like looking after. Well, has it got the really good chrome finish? Yeah, on it, or does it have the the flat finish? Or what some guys are like really looking for is the orange peel. Yeah, finish on it. Like, well, we gotta have the orange peel. Yeah, yeah. So I don't want to have the spill with the orange. I'm like, what? And it's like, crazy, and, it, and it's just and it's just blown up, 
and then I've noticed guys are getting super duper nitpicky too. Oh yeah. Over the the stuff they're trying to sell because it's like if if one thing is not original on it, they want they fifty want, off. Yeah, or a hundred off. Like, well, yeah. I gotta go spend a hundred and twenty five to get the original part for it. Yeah. It's like, because I think a lot like what's happening. A lot of guys are trying to like make profit off. What, oh no, for sure. Yeah, and they're instead of getting out what they put in, you know, what they got for it, they're since the market's gone, they're definitely trying to get way more. Oh yeah, I mean, um, like I said, this is the time to do it. Um, I've noticed, kind of like you were saying, with the single, the single tension drums used to be the cheapest thing. Yeah, like you go find some ratty single tension and pay like eighty bucks for it on eBay, maybe a one twenty five. And now dudes are getting into it. They're hearing about Levon Helm. They're playing A and F style beats, and they all want one of those single tensions. And now that price is getting into the two hundreds. Will probably cross into the three hundred. Yeah, because now it's like. Why do I want to buy an ANF for eight hundred dollars when I can get the single tension? Yeah, which is what they're going yeah, after. Yeah, and then they're like, "Oh, well, folks are buying these. I got three. I'll just jack the price up." Yeah, because someone's gonna buy it if they want it, you know. So the I would say the market in general, because you know people have a lot of people having less income right now are looking for the used deal. Yeah, and you know Guitar Center only carries so much, and their pictures are horrible and their descriptions are horrible, so you can't really trust what's coming from them. Even if it's, even if it's right at all, because you have a guy that plays guitar. Yeah, taking photos for drum yeah. stuff like he doesn't know. No, um, and uh, you know, nor should he. But then you have to turn to eBay, and I, you know, number one. You should be selling right now. If you need to get rid of any gear and want to get, you know, because that's the, that's the way I've always looked at it. Like, you know, people always say, well, you know, you got a lot of stuff. It's like, yeah, but I get rid of a lot of stuff. You do. I acquire something. And then if it if it's not like a true keeper, it goes. I held on to a bunch of those pearl snares for a long time. I play two. So there was no point in keeping the other two yeah, um, or three because you got one. Um, I loved my big set of Sabian that it took me forever to put together, but I just didn't use it anymore. And now I'm piecing those off. Not really trying to make any money. Just get back. You know, they're used symbols to so just get back a good value for yeah. them. Not the jerk. You know, I'm not one of those jerks on eBay that jacks the price up. Um, so, like I said, I've always been really good about getting rid of something before getting something new yeah um, and that's where really what i'm trying to do with everything that you, you know same thing you're about to do um and in general i think people are looking for those good used deals right now so if you do need to liquidate anything now is the time especially yeah. with the stimulus kicking in um like i said that's what you're doing literally right now yeah um it's like it's just to me the hardest part is getting the, trying to find the right box that's big it's the pain in the butt it's that's the that's what that's the the suckiest part is finding a box and then getting enough bubble wrap. And then a lot of guys like you need scrap cardboard to, you know, to block it off, whatever. And I'm like, I had a bunch of good scrap, but then, uh, my mom's like, you got to get this out of the house. It's caught. It's taking up too much room. I'm like, all right, fine. So I throw it away. And then I'm back to ground zero. Like I need scrap cardboard. <laughs> well, um, a little pro tip for everybody. When you order stuff from Chicago Music Exchange or when you order drum stuff in general, keep the boxes. Yeah. Every time you order from Amazon, those are tiny boxes, but they're going to have some packing material in there. Keep that as well. I It's been so easy for me this round 
because I've saved every symbol box that's ever come in. Every time a, sh a snare arrived, I kept the box and I have plenty of like packing material. And that's what made this round of selling, which is at the end of the day, it's going to be like 15 total pieces. Yeah. Um, it was very easy because I had all the stuff. So if you do get stuff that's got drum gear in it, keep the box and then keep all the packing material. Cause if you do get to a point where you're going to want to sell that, like he said, is the most aggravating part is getting the packing done. It's and then I'm so upset that all the boxes I've had I've, I've just thrown away. Now you know. Yeah, you know you live and you learn. Yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, but that you know that's the point is, if you're gonna look at the eBay thing right now, which I guess and I say eBay, I'm really that's a general term. I really mean it as for like everything. Like eBay is like Facebook Marketplace, Reverb.com, eBay, any place you can sell and ship somebody yeah. the gear. Um, when it comes to that, that gets a little trickier because, you know, you got to get, you got to get what, I think that's a good place to start is how much, like, you know, you want to get value out of it. Yeah. I would say, I hope everybody stays away from being that type of seller where it's like, well, I know what I got, so I'm going to charge a thousand more for this, you know, 1940s black beauty. Yeah. It's like we see all those drums all the time. Like if you go looking for something like a unicorn, like you're looking for a black beauty, you're looking for a Gretsch round badge snare drum. You're looking for a Ludwig chrome over brass from like the thirties or, you know, any like really expensive piece. And you see them all the time on reverb and eBay. And the reason you see them all the time is because they set the price so high. They never sell. And they just sit, they sit, it's like sometimes I've seen drums sit for years. They just let the listing renew and renew, and nobody ever buys because he's got $2,250 on what should be an $800 drum. Yeah, and that's... It's no aggravating. Fault. Yeah, and it's no one's fault with that, that, but that person's own for... Yeah, it's just not nothing's going to happen. Yeah. So I try to be fair. You know, I know what I want to try to get out of it, um, but the the... The way I do it, and I think is a good way to do it, if you're, you know, if you can be flexible, if you have a like a collector's piece or like a brand new piece, and you know exactly what it's worth, then that's different. But if you're just trying to get rid of clear out stuff or liquidate gear, and you want to be fair about it, and you want to be flexible, you know, always I would my advice would always be put it up, buy it now, do not do an auction, um, and also use that best offer feature because, like, I've got a pair of hi hats on there right now. HHX Evolution 14-inch hi-hats, which are like three-something brand new. So what I thought was very fair for the condition that they're in, I put mine up for 225 with like 10 in shipping. That's super fair. Yeah. Um, and they're clean. You know, there's no cracks, no keyholing. Um, but I made sure to utilize that best offer feature because really, to be honest with you, I'll go low as two. I may, might even set it at 190. I can't remember. But I know for sure it's definitely minimum set at two. Um, so if the right guy catches me on the right mood, like middle of the afternoon, I'm like in a really good mood wandering around. I might just accept the two and you will attract more buyers that way because they know you're flexible, not so rigid on the price. Um, so I think the first key is to, you know, just be fair about what you're trying to get. Don't think you're going to get exactly what you paid for it the day you got it back out of it because that's just not Because you never will unless, yeah. unless you wait and wait and wait for the right guy who also does the exact same thing you do and then that, that to me is like... Yeah, you're, you're trying to... 
you know, thread the needle and find the perfect buyer. Yeah. So, but if you're yeah. fair and you're flexible, I think you're not going to have many problems because, like I said, the market is open right now. Like whenever I got that symbol sold, um, I had two just posted. I was going to do more the next day, and then I got a message from that guy named Chris, and he goes, uh, "He's like, is that that's the case we wrote him?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's 21 inches." I'm like I bought it from Forks. I even showed him the underside with the sticker, what the you know what the map price was and everything. It was like, and you're only wanting two twenty five. I'm like, yeah, I just I want it gone. It's like I don't play it a whole lot. I like the other stuff I got instead. I'm like, if you want it, cool. He's like, well, what else you got? I was like, oh well, here's some other stuff I don't have listed on Facebook yet. And so yeah. I gave him the whole list of everything I had, and he was like, can you cut me a deal? I'm like, on what? He goes, on everything. I was like, sure. Well, because it's better. It's better for you to cut a deal and get rid of whatever you really want to get rid of, because otherwise it's just going to sit there and it's not doing you any good. Yeah, and then I mean, I for what he got, I gave him a really solid price. I basically gave him that china for free for yeah. just buying a bunch of stuff. Like I said, get your value out of yeah. it and make sure you're going to be able to get what you want on the back end. But I think that's that's the, the first starting place is just to be fair. And you can even look when you go into eBay when you get ready to sell something, you just click the filter in the search and you can look up just the sold pieces and it's always pretty much very average. Like they're all within maybe 10 or $15, maybe like 25 lower because he accepted the offer or whatever. It's pretty revealing about what you should be charging. Yeah. You know, when you search Zildjian, a custom crash, go to the filter and just hit sold items and it'll show you for like a year what they have sold at and all the completed sales. And that'll give you a good idea of what is fair you know, and if you and if you're fair about it, then you'll sell it. Yeah, um, that's the the starting place. Um, when it comes to packing and shipping, that is how much have you had to do? None. Thank. Like even before now, you've never really shipped anything, sold it on eBay. Mm-mm. I've I've gotten close, but every time I get to it. Um, the only thing I've ever had to ship and send back, really, was through Stuff for Sweet Water that just came. Yeah. DOA. Um, um, but that was it. I've never really had to do much anything outside of that. And, like, a large box. I mean, that symbol, I used their packing stuff. I mean, I kept yeah. it to send back to them. But that was it. Um, and, thankfully, they had the similar label and everything. Yeah, no, that's easy with the companies. Um, first off, my suggestions would be... Number one, don't use FedEx. If you don't know, a lot of people do know what happened to uh, sugar, Jeffrey, uh, sugar Percussion. Sugar percussion yeah. He like did uh, was it a giveaway? What's yeah, the story? It, um, it was a he did a big charity uh, kit giveaway for someone in the drumming community. Um, and he keeps it very anonymous. He has like you know just helping out one of our own, and so he built a kit. Well, goes through FedEx. And they break it. All right, cool. So he builds another one. Back to the FedEx again. Breaks the breaks another kit. And so at this point, he's very upset, and he's dealing with all this other stuff with FedEx. Rightfully so. Builds a third kit. And I want to say the third one is correct, but he's done so many giveaways that FedEx has botched up that kit three times. Yeah. There's a snare drum he did. I also want to say... Two or three I saw times. the picture of the snare drum. Yeah, that was horrible. It looked like a forklift came down on that shell. Yeah, and the crazy part of the entire story was like after all the fees and stuff, 
it costs FedEx more to win than it would have just been. Yeah, like they. It would have been just to to go. Hey, we goofed up. We're sorry. Here's your money back for the kits for the the yeah, cause. The amount on. that they spent hourly in lawyers' fees was more than. What is his name? Um, Jeff. Jeff at Sugar Percussion was asking for for the damages. Yeah. So that you know, just out of spite or pig-headedness, FedEx decided, well, we're just going to fight this and spend what, probably twenty thousand dollars in court. Yeah. Lawyers' fees to to w- w- how much was, you know, he asking for? If you were to guess, I say probably just to get his the kits the kits worth out of it three times, probably like fifteen. Yeah. So they they got they spend more to defend against just instead of giving. So most people know about this now. If you don't, do not use FedEx. Um, that insurance with them that you're that you're buying is means, basically means used, nothing. Yeah, it means them. nothing. Um, I would not at this point suggest using the postal service, not because of any fault of their own, but they are so overwhelmed with right yeah. now because they mainly have become the main distributor for your prime package. The bat, like the last mile, what they call it, the last leg is the, the, the postal service. No matter how, how Amazon gets that package to you, that last leg is going to be delivered by your postal service. That's why they do prime delivery on Sundays now. Um, so just because of everything going on in the world today, coupled with, having to deal with prime and so many people shopping online. Now the postal service is really just overwhelmed and they, it takes so long to get stuff with the post. I've got a symbol, a pair of hi hats, new hi hats coming and they shipped today. And when normally they probably would have been here Thursday, I bet you they don't show up till Saturday, if not Monday. Um, I wouldn't doubt it. So don't use FedEx because they're evil. Um, don't use the postal service, not because they're evil, but they just really can't handle their volume right now. My suggestion, and who has been working great for me lately, is UPS. They have all of the trucks. Yep. You know, that's why it's called ground, because in a lot of cases, um, if it has to go a really far route, FedEx will use a plane. Yeah. Um, UPS has trucks, and everything I have shipped in the past month and a half has gotten there, number one, on the day they said it was going to get there, and it's always like two or three days. I shipped something to Arizona, and I shipped something to Portland, and it got there in two days for Arizona and three days for Portland, and it was the day they told me, you know, they expect, like when they tell you the estimated delivery day, short of like literal like weather catastrophe happening, it will get there on that date, and I have had no issues thus far with the, uh, you know, the... um condition of my packages yeah. when they have. So I would suggest big time using UPS. All the rates are going to be fairly close. The postal service is a little bit cheaper, but they also are not the quickest. Yeah. You know, that's just my take on who to use. And I know that when I was doing receiving at the, at the dock, at the nugget, uh, Chuck was our UPS man. And like the way that he has his truck set up, I don't know how it is for every person. It's probably slightly standardized. With probably a little room for like their own driver's personal preference, but we'd be one of his like forty-five stops he would have, and our dock closes at three o'clock, yeah, or two thirty on the weekend. It's like we're after that. We don't take any more packages. Yeah, any any doesn't matter who it's for unless it's an emergency and you call us ahead of time. Yeah, um, he comes in. I mean, he I mean he slings that truck backwards. Yeah. <laughs> the gate comes up. He's already got the. He's going one boom. He's got everything loaded. He's like, all right, sign anything for me. We're like, no, Chuck. He's like, cool. <laughs> Done. I mean, his whole 
time he's there, he's there less than five minutes. He could have like 16 packages. Yeah. I mean, he is trucking. And then he's going to the next casino because he's got the the big routes. He covers all the, yeah. the big business. I forgot what. I think he is just ground, but he has one of the larger trucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the, not the, not the old smoke, the actual, the big UPS trucks. He's slinging so yeah. all day long. They do a good job, man. They really do. Um, I think most people would probably agree with that. I always feel good when I see, when I order something and I see postal service as the deliver, I'm like, oh, this is going to take forever. And it always does. When I see UPS, I'm like, oh, it's going to be on time and it's going to arrive in really good condition. So that would be thus far my tips, you know, uh, number one. If you want to sell, sell now. This is the best time to do it. If you're going to do the eBay thing, really just be fair with your pricing. See what stuff is going for. And when it comes time to ship, at least, you know, before we dig any further, who to use, I would say go with UPS. The buyer will appreciate it. And I think you'll feel a little bit better knowing that they really do a good job with taking care of packages. Yeah, because I, I love chuck and the other guy from the ups was always just the nicest the yeah. fedex dudes weren't really the coolest um and it seems like at least here the ones i know like the guys around here that have worked for ups they've worked for ups for a while yeah and they typically stay for a while because i mean i'm pretty sure you know they have nice 401k and they might even have some kind of retirement benefits when you work for ups for like a long time um it seems like everybody around here um for the first part of my life, it was the same two UPS guys I saw as a child and getting into being a, you know, a, a, a young person. Um, and then now my, one of my best friends from high school is my UPS driver and he's been doing it forever. And he, you know, he's on his stuff. Kind of like the guy you were talking about. Yeah. So what, one of my dad's neighbors and guys he goes to church with, I want to say his name is Mr. Adam. I'm terrible with names. I see his face all day long, but he was a driver for like 20 years. Now he runs drivers yeah, yeah and he's like i love it and he goes he's like, i've never had a bad day he's like weather and all is like i love you know love this job he's like ups is great he's like i got really good benefits and i mean he's got like three or four tykes you know but he's like he's super nice and he and i think everyone that works at ups generally likes what they do yeah they get they i think they have a very good like hiring process yeah because there's i've never met any anyone grumpy no not necessarily yeah um and most people, I've, I've never really had that. I mean, I'm sure stuff does happen. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying they're, you know, they're they're not, you know, they're not perfect. They're not angels, but I'm. Um, and packages will get damaged sometimes, yeah. but I've never had that issue with them. I trust them a lot more than I do FedEx. Yeah. Um, and I just can't, you know, I can't, I can't trust that BPS will get it there on time. Or yeah. That's the problem with that. Um, so that would be, you know, who I would suggest to use. Um, you know, going even further when it comes time to box that snare drum or that symbol up or I mean god forbid you even have to box a kit up because that's again go to Mike Malone's drum channel and watch his yeah. video on how to pack it up because that is a process in itself is anybody even weighing in on yeah, that um, um, yeah Mike's uh, talked he said some stuff um, Mike said my timing on that release is clutch with your topic tonight I used to always avoid selling online, but with the vintage and niche gear, it's so much easier to appeal to a larger market. You bet for sure. Uh, reverb fees really suck lately, and I've been digging through all the cats making little internet drum shops on Instagram, like Drums for Sale, Binders Drum Shop, Tiny Tubs, Junk Rock Drums. I love Junk Rock. I love Tiny the Tubs. They are cool little 
niche sellers like yours orphan drums vintage kits vintage like one-off bass drums like i like junk rock i like tiny tubs because tiny tubs specializes in small bass drums i love it they had some i think i was telling you about it it was like a uh some kind of sparkle it might have been gretch it might have been Ludwig, but it was like an 18 inch kick 13 inch tom 14 inch floor tom and it was dope Uh, of course i don't have the money but yeah you know they do bring up cool stuff for sure um i like that i like that a lot and then mike said uh so jack for the chicago show this year it's like being at ebay reverb in person all at once which is i'm so upset that we live down here because they have the the vintage drum show in yeah, chicago um if you were to guess what is that probably like 20 hours minimum 24 hours for us yeah we'd have to spend a whole day driving because a friend of mine uh from down there, one of my best friends walter he lives in philadelphia and he hates having to drive from philly down to here he only does it once a year yeah it's the worst it takes him i think he said like i know from well here to over, dc is 24 hours it takes him i think he said around 20 or so but he also drives like 80 to 95 the entire way down yeah. he has to make a weird cut through the Carolinas for some weird reason. I don't know why. Super jealous though that you get to go to that uh that Chicago drum show. That it's, is it's uh, not fair. Yeah. <laughs> not fair. <laughs> not fair at all. All we have is YouTube. I know, right? And then uh Hugh's old pictures. That's, True. That's our that's our vintage drum show every year is <laughs> is is Hugh's sto- stories and his old photos. The rest of, rest has to be hunted down on eBay. Yeah. Or reverb. You yep. know, or whatever your uh spice is. Let's see. Um, Charlie says, if you're sending gear around, pack it to be thrown down a staircase. If it'll survive that, it should get to its destination. No problem. That's a great explanation. Uh, Mike said, book that trip second or third weekend in May. It's so hard for me with my PTO to be able to take off and be able to go. Yeah, it's it's, it's tough. One day. One day. First first baby steps. Memphis to Nashville. Trip one. Uh, trip after that, and that's good because that's like longer as you go. So first trip is, you know, you hit Memphis Drum Shop and then go to Nashville. Whatever years later, you hit, you hit one trip all the way up to the Chicago Drum Show. Then if you want to get big dogish, you take it to Winter Nam. Yeah, that's in Anaheim, California, <laughs> the big show, baby. <laughs> that would be the. I mean, I would love. Oh man, I would. Of course, every drummer. Yeah, you know, the Nam show is. Uh, even though it's not vintage, it's a pilgrimage. Oh my god, just to just to hang out, yeah, would be you know I, I don't want to be one of these guys like beating up on all the drums and like no 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 I'll just just walking through would be enough for me. Maybe asking a question too, like oh what is this? Is this beach? Oh okay, that's cool, very cool. nice. You know, kind of ting ting ting. All right, that's all I need. I don't need the don't need to do all that. Don't need to get the the uh, volume police called on me. Yeah, I would I would be awkward like. <laughs> All right, so well, Steve Jordan is really cool, man. Nice. I try to like, you know, like, you know, like, what's up, Steve? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, man. Awesome, cool. Check you around. Yeah, oh, you know, be one of those like shaking the entire time, like that's Steve. My adrenaline it started at eight a.m. and it's still going at six p.m. Yeah, it's like Mark Giuliano said hi to me. You know, be one, be one of those. I can't believe Carter McLean spit on me. Good lord! Oh god, <laughs> I have a chew piece of gum. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, that would be the ultimate pilgrimage. Um, but yeah, kind of like what Spencer was saying. 
that will be my last piece of advice to anybody that does not know that is thinking about getting rid of some gear and prepping for eBay or reverb or whatever. Um, like he said, it is in your best interest to take the extra time, maybe spend the extra couple of $8, go get some extra cardboard. Like when I do symbols, I clean the symbol number one. And I always keep symbol bags. So it may not be the same brand, but you're going to get it in one of those clear plastic bags. Yeah. So then, you know, at least it's coming to you like it would come out of the store. The symbol's clean. I put it in the symbol bag. And then I wrap the edge of the symbol, just the edge, with like crumpled up uh, that brown packing paper. Yeah. Just to give like, like, so the symbol basically would float on the paper. Um, And then, you know, for a symbol, like, I think Mike Malone said it in his video. Like, I don't care how nice the box is that you get. You take scrap cardboard and you cut out a piece for the bottom of the box. I take it a step further. Instead of just doing the top and the bottom of the, like a piece for the top and the bottom when you close it, I will cut out side pieces. So like I basically line the box twice. Like you got the box and then I cut scrap for the bottom for each side and then I put everything in there. And then I put a cardboard piece on the top and then I close the box. So then you're going to not have to worry as much about something puncture in the box or the box being flimsy and kind of twisting or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the symbol in, a, in the case of a symbol, you know, you got brown paper all around the edge of the symbol. And then I put the liner piece of cardboard in and then on the sides. And then I would do on the bottom. If you, you know, can save the stuff up or go get it bubble wrap. Put your item in there, and then again, bubble wrap on the top. And then put that final piece of extra cardboard on the top, tape it up like secure. Use too much tape because it's better that you might go through a half a roll of tape packing up eight packages as opposed to just kind of putting a piece on each and then it come loose and shipping. And then like, you're in, yeah, yeah, tape it good. And that's that's how I do a symbol, you know. The box, line the box, bubble wrap, wrapped symbol, bubble wrap again, another piece of cardboard ship it um kind of the same way when i've done snare drums like i've been really good about saving all of my packing materials so i have like pieces of foam those air packs the brown paper stuff and it's the same thing like with the drum take the box put the liner piece on the bottom put liner cardboard on each side and then like in the case of a snare if i have a big enough plastic bag I'll wrap the, you know, just like a symbol, I'll put it in a plastic bag yeah. or wrap it in brown paper. So it's got, you know, something protecting like the finish. Um, and then same thing, bottom of the box with the uh, liner cardboard, put a piece of bubble wrap and then put the snare in. And then if possible, if you have the stuff to do it, you know, cause it's round and the box is square. You're going to have those four corners that are open, take an air pack and put it in each corner or take a piece of packing, whatever it yeah. is. Fill in those corners so you've got, you know, a lined box with bubble wrap, the drum, the corners are protected, and then again, bubble wrap it on top, put that final piece of extra cardboard, close it up, and then tape it again. Yeah. Insanely good. And that's at least, because I've never had to do a drum set, that's how I do the cymbals and the snare drums. Everything I've ever shipped has never had an issue. Like, I mean, I've talked over the years, I've sold so many pieces on eBay. And it takes just a couple of minutes of extra effort and a little, maybe, you know, maybe you have to spend like five bucks to go get some foam yeah. or some bubble wrap, but it's worth it. Cause then you don't have to sit there the whole week that it's shipping worried about, is it going to arrive on time? Yeah. You know, using UPS is number one will help having the insurance, which they, you know, they're, they, from what I understand, UPS is good about their, um, 
insurance process if something does happen. But if you pack it, like Spencer said, like where it can fall down the stairs and nothing's going to happen, then you don't have to spend the whole week worrying about, oh, is it going to arrive on time? Yeah. So that's how I do the symbols and the snares. Like I said, I've never really had to do a kit. Um, again, check out Mike Malone's video on that because that was a really good explanation. Um, and, like you know, you might not have the option to do it in one box, but still using his method. If you had to do two boxes, you would know yeah. that it would arrive, you know, just fine. Um, which you're going to have to be doing here soon. God, looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, Mike said, I'm going to keep rubbing it in until you decide to go. Uh, Charlie Smith, uh, again, said, best hack for symbols is take a piece of foam pipe cover pool noodle, cut a slit down the edge, and then wrap the edge around the symbol all the way around. Keeps the edge fully safe. That is genius yeah like i do the same thing with the paper but that's i didn't realize that's really what I, what it what that is is just get a noodle cut a slit in one side and then that's a great idea yeah how much is a noodle a dollar yeah maybe at literally at the dollar store uh if not walmart maybe a couple of dollars yeah but that's again that's my point is like taking the extra effort and maybe the extra time to go spend the two dollars on the noodle cut a slit on one side and like Charlie said, wrap that symbol edge with a noodle that will ensure at least the symbol's not going to get damaged from something hitting the box. Yeah. Like I had that issue with that. Yeah. I guess that you had to fix for me where it was following the picture, but then I get it. It looked like someone had taken something and like crimped it and like snatched it off. You know, I mean, I got some part of my money back for it, but still, um, still, um, I mean, it was, yeah. Take your time with that stuff because it will pay off the end, and that's a really good uh, suggestion from Charlie. Yeah. Nice, nice thinking on that one. Cool noodle, <laughs> man. Our man across the pond is showing. Us yeah, he's got all kinds of great little uh, info tidbits. Um, but if you do that, if you take the extra time, I think you'll end up with a safe ship. You know, you're asking fair value, so you'll probably get a good sale. Yeah. You know, everything else is protected by eBay and PayPal, so you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. But, you know, th that's the way I approach it. Don't be one of these guys that throws it in some terrible box. or I like how our David R. got that PVC snare drum, and instead of it being, like, packed with stuff, the guy had, like, empty... Uh, juice bottles and stuff that he, he placed inside as as to hold the drum in the box. Yeah, and, really. So they had like they had like brown paper and stuff, and then he had like ocean spray this and Tropicana <laughs> that, and like all he was like, all right, well, I got a free snare drum with my yeah, collection right. of uh, <laughs> of juice bottles. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. But yeah, if you if you if you do not go that route, you'll have a better experience and. You know, I think in general it'll be an easier experience for you online because, like, I like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep pushing it. If you are interested in trying to get some new gear, and the best way to do that instead of coming out of pocket is to get rid of gear you definitely don't play. This is the time to do it. I mean, it is so like I I have stuff selling twice a week. You know, I'm getting hits left and right, and there's guys watching the the leftover pieces, so I'm sure those last two pieces will get pulled. You know, probably soon. So, yeah. uh, you know, and this is only going to last, you know, so long while people do have this disposable income because there are like just like a lot of us that got those stimulus checks or people that, you know, were lucky enough to keep working through all this. You know, they still want their gear. Yeah. And if they're looking for that good used deal, this is the time for you to be the lucky person to benefit from that sale. And then you can go get another piece of gear. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I got my little wish list. Oh, yeah. 
lots of stuff, but you know, it's kind of never ending. Oh, let's see. Mike says on topic of buying and selling feels like where I'm at. Craigslist is the old and Facebook marketplace is the new, more popular, but I'm annoyed how they show you listings from anywhere because the seller clicked offer shipping, even on junk. That would be ridiculous to ship. I've also noticed that yeah. on the physical marketplace, put my stuff up. I have the option because like on those symbols I put up, I guess because they knew they were small. Yeah. It was like, you can offer to ship. I'm like, no, local only. No, yeah, local yeah, yeah. only. I'm not dealing with this. Well, I think uh, as opposed to eBay, Facebook marketplace is kind of like just throw everything in the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. eBay is like, no. <laughs> there are shipping fees. There is a you know final value fee. Like you're going to you know do it our way because they obviously have a successful model. Facebook's like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Just, it's sale everything. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, some local guy is, you know, perusing through that in season before I have to go through the mess. I'm, I'm not looking forward to getting all those boxes. Once you get it, it done, it'll be, you'll feel better about it and you'll have made all your sales. It's, you got to take all You just got to kind of get into the rhythm of doing it. You take all those pictures, get all that stuff broken down. Yep. Move it downstairs, pack it up, and just set it in there and be like, all right. Someone buy my But it's got to be done, and that's the price you pay for trying to sell your own gear. God, it is. Because, I mean, what's your only other option is Guitar Center, and they really don't give fair value. Yeah, and I really don't. I've taken wanna... stuff to Guitar Center and gotten okay value, but they're not really giving you. Because, obviously, and it's not like it's really their fault. you got to think about it. They have to take your gear in and pay you for it. They're going to resell it. They have to make money. Yeah. So they can only sell it for the going rate for yeah. that used piece of gear. So they can't, if your used symbol was four and it's really worth used 275, they can't give you 275 because they've got to make 275. Yeah. So they can only give you 140. Yeah. You know, so if, if it's, if you're in a pinch and you just have to get rid of it, then yeah, it might be an okay option. But if you have, if you can be patient about it and you want the, the best value for your gear, Guitar Center is not your best option. Yeah, and like I was talking about those guys that sound pure, sound off, whatever. They have something I thought about inquiring. I was going to actually pick your brain about this. So they also buy your gear from you and like offer you credit, kind of like Guitar Center does. But since they're more specific. Uh, you know, and, all, and the cool thing is those boxes they send you, they'll send you the boxes to pack your stuff up for them to buy it from you. Well, which makes I, sense. Which I think is pretty cool instead of you just having to do it yourself and send it to them. It's like, okay, cool. We're going to buy this from you. Here's the box. Pack it up. Follow our video. And then send it to us. You know, and That I makes thought, it easy. Yeah. And I thought about it. I was like, well, it's like they'll probably take that DW kit, you know. And then I was like, they might take that Yamaha. I was like, that Ludwig is the only thing, you know, I'm going to have to really just throw up and be like, someone get this. Um, as well as that uh, custom kit that I did. But I'm going to try that custom kit at the our local, that jam room place that's yeah. going to open up and going. Because it's, it's such a big rock kit. I figure, you know, some guy will come in. They'll have to probably actually play that kit to be like, I, I, I want this. This is cool. Yeah. Well, it's um, still cool that, what do they call it? Sound? Pure, what is it called? Uh, I think it's like Sound Pro or Sound Pure. I'll have to look them up again on. That's cool on that YouTube. they do that though. Um, yeah, because they have, they they have a really like neat thing they do because they you can buy drums and stuff from them. They'll buy your drums 
You can also do consignment through them yeah. where you send them the drums and then they'll help you find the right value for your kit and then they'll put it up with pictures and everything. Well, I guess if, they, if you want you. less work, that might be a good route to go. Yeah. Um, like I said, your only other routes are Reverb, eBay, and Facebook. And, you know, really it's um, to get the best hits, it's going to be Reverb and eBay. And then you really have to stick to like what they have mentioned in the chat today, what I've tried to mention, you know, about being really good with the packing and yeah. being honest with your pricing. But, you know, either way, I'll, I'll hammer it and hammer it. This is a great time to get rid of gear. Yeah. Um, and everybody has one thing that they bought and at least one thing that they bought and they thought they were going to use all the time and it ends up sitting in the corner. Yeah. Um, so that's the best part. You can turn that into something else, some new heads, maybe a new snare drum or what, you know, whatever. Um, so I would highly suggest if anybody out there that watches this is thinking about it. This is the time. Take it from me. It is. We are literally living in it right now. Yeah. A good market for that. Um, anybody else? Let's see. Mike Lawrence says, I've had great luck with music go round. We have two in Wisconsin and they always have tons of great stuff. If you're down to trade your gear in, as opposed to taking the cash off. We just don't have any around here. Yeah. We used thing. to, and it was actually a cool place for used gear, but uh, you know, I, I always forget about music around only because, they're not here anymore. Um, I wish we had one. Because didn't Richie used to work there too? Yep. Yeah. Um, I knew, uh, I played with uh, the guys whose dad owned that music around. And I, I, so I'll admit, now that I'm thinking about it, sometimes when I search stuff on Google, very seldomly music go around will pop up. And I have to, every time I go, I forgot they're even still open because yeah. we just don't have anywhere, like any near here, not in Mobile. Not on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. I don't think there's any in Louisiana. Like, we just don't have any anymore. Or I think they're in Florida. The closest ones are in Florida. Yeah. Um, so that's that is that's another good option um, if you have a music around near you. Yeah. Um, so, anybody else? Um, <laughs> Mike goes, you can swing by music go around after Chicago show wraps up. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole trip. <laughs> it's a whole trip. <laughs> We're trying, man. We're you know what, Mike? If you can get uh, Menards to sponsor Menards. Menards to sponsor us, we'll totally go up there. We'll I sing will it. learn that jingle. We'll sing it every episode. We will sing that Menards jingle if we can get a, a good sponsor from them. I, I think it would be super hilarious for a non-drumming entity to yeah. sponsor a drum podcast. I mean, all those other... YouTube channels are sponsored by Raycon. Shout out to Raycon. Yeah. Uh, or Squarespace. Yeah. Or <laughs> they all use the same. Yeah. You see the same ads. Everybody's always sponsored before. Like, yeah, it's like Raycon, Squarespace, or... Um, there's another one I'm, I'm blanking on. Yeah, there's, there's, the, there's like three or four that seem to just do everybody. Yeah. <laughs> even, like, even if the guys that don't do music... Um, yep. Like there, I watch one guy who does like film review. He's like, "This ad's bought to you by Raycon." Oh, Express VPN's the other Express one. Express VPN. If you want to protect your online <laughs> identity and change your local router number, Express yeah. VPN. Like, yeah, and, and keep in mind, there's always that crazy deal that lets me know that it's not that expensive of a product because they're like, you can get 18 months for the price of eight. And yeah. it's like, yeah, so that just means your product is overpriced. Yeah. <laughs> if you can afford to cut more than 50% off something, 
I wasn't getting a great deal in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> We're still testing the waters on our target market. I'm trying to see who, uh, who, actually, yeah, buys, really. who actually buys this. <laughs> our marketing research did not show through. Um, Mike says you can swing by music around. He goes, we can go to Menards too. Stop by Culver's for some cheese curds. What is a cheese curd? Is it like fried cheese? I don't know if they... I mean, I guess there's probably several ways they can cook them, but I think it's like when they're making cheese... Like that's like the little leftover pieces. I think I'm not sure. I know there's that nurse from eating her curds and whey. I don't. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> we live in the South, Mike. Everything is fried here. Yeah. So it's, it's fried flounder, fried shrimp, hush puppies. Like we, the che- We don't get great cheese down here. It's no. not cheese land. The best cheese you can get is from Starkville because of our cows. Of course, Clank they're so clam. proud of that Starkville cheese. The Mississippi really State cheese is great a big, ice cream. Is big is a big thing. Great ice I've cream. never had any, so I don't. I don't really know. <laughs> we'll put on the trip to Memphis. We'll sling through Starkville, mm-hmm. get cheese and ice cream, and then go to Memphis on the outside. It's going to become an adventure. Guy's just going to get a little swervy. We're going to go here, <laughs> and then boom. Why'd you go up this far? Well, we need to get ice cream. Yeah, from State, and then go to Memphis. It's <laughs> funny. <laughs> um. So if that wraps up the chat for today, yep, um, that's really all we wanted to do. Besides hang with y'all, was you know talk about this is the time to be selling. The market is up. The vintage market is way up. Yep, you know, and hopefully that helped you out. With if you've never shipped anything before, that'll give you an idea of what you're going to be looking at. And again, go to Mike Malone's Drums channel on YouTube and check out his video for how to pack up a drum set uh, to be shipped in one box. That was super helpful. And Charlie coming in in the clinch with that noodle trick for pack and assemble. That's another good one. Yeah. Shout out to Charlie. Charlie. To Charlie and Mike. Sorry. That's right. And Spencer and all of you that are here with us every week. We do. Spencer wasn't here today. Was he not? No. Oh, I thought you said Spencer was here. Mm -mm, No. I never said. No, he wasn't here. Another good episode. Cheers, chaps. I like he's from the UK. Cheers. Yeah. Anytime, mate. Boom. Make us feel special over here. Yeah, because. We don't have cool words like that. No. Hey, y'all. That's all we got. We got Bo. <laughs> I got Bo all day. But um, but again, that's you know that's the main thing. Is we're just glad you got to hang out with us. And yeah. I know we came at you a little earlier this week because Jarrett's schedule changed. But uh, are we back on next week? Yes, next week will be our regularly scheduled Thursday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Eastern. They, <laughs> Central Standard, Central 6 p.m. <laughs> we're back to regular schedule next week. Regular time on Thursday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Central Standard Time. Um, so please join us for them. And, you know, we'll always try to let you know when the schedule changes for the week. But you will always get a live video, you know, for the week. Today was a little bit more laid back. We stayed out way too late last night. We really did. And uh, and we got projects to do. So, you know, I know I'm starving. I know you're not hungry. Do you think that tuna fish is going to hold me over, dog? Well, then we're going to be. That's what we're doing right now. <laughs> we're going to go get some food. Um, uh, again, you know, as usual, please remember that if you want to hear the audio only version of the podcast, you can check us out on YouTube Live, obviously, usually every Thursday at six, but also Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Simply search Bearded, Bearded Drums. Drums. You can find us there. And as usual, thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, We will definitely be seeing you next week. And there will be regular Bearded Drums videos. So as usual, we'll see you on on the the next next one. one. Thank you, guys. We'll see you on the next video.